welcome once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows, one of the shows that we have up on air and online 24-7 here at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. We are here as both, both, mind you, a radio loop and as a podcast. The radio loop is the second link on our homepage. Um, It is exactly what it sounds like. It's this show uh, running in a loop. And you access it uh, in very much the way or the result of your digital access is a very analog experience. It is radio-like. You basically uh, pick up the show wherever it happens to be when you hit the link, much as you would have in a good old-fashioned analog radio way. And listen. And get interested and find out what's going on. The difference being, it being a loop, that at the end of the show, if you picked it up, uh, obviously, anything but at the very beginning, within a matter of seconds, it will go back and begin the show again, all over again. So, like a Saturday matinee uh, at the Burke Theater in the Bronx in 1957 or 58, you could stick around and the show will repeat. You'll see the same movie again. And mom, who gave you that 25 cents to keep you in the theater and away as long as she could, gets to spend a little more quality time uh, with her other kids, I guess, uh, most likely in those days. There were several others hanging around. I know uh, the, 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 the Burke Theater was my babysitter on Saturday mornings well into Saturday afternoons more than once. That's what well, the radio. I'm, I'm, I'm giving the radio loop a lot more uh, analogy and a lot more strength than perhaps I should, but uh, it does all that, and it does it in a, in a memorable way. Of course, there's always the normal podcast feed. That's the first link on the page. One way or the other, you're listening to us. One way or the other, thank you just very, very much for being part of our our listening audience uh, for this, our show uh, being taped on the 23rd of May, the year 2023. Um, There have been any number of efforts on this show to try to... uh, I, 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 is it define Donald? There's, it's a very difficult task, it might seem, to, uh, to certainly to, to counter the, the, the media force that Donald seems to be able to muster at will to get his point across. The, the, the Republican Party is well aware of this. The base is enthralled by his capacity to generate uh, media strength. Um, his potential rivals, and remarkably, there's a bunch of them showing up these days now, all seem to be aware 
of this media power of his and tread extremely lightly, uh, do so little to basically um, knock him uh, when to compete against this guy would logically require a very head-on offense. Taking him on and basically differentiating yourself from him in a, in a rather aggressive sort of way, really taking it to him. But very few people seem to be willing or capable of doing that. Donald just keeps uh, chugging along. And, 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 and for quite some time on this show, on Center Left Radio, um, we've, we've tried to, to, to define Donald in a way that makes it, I don't know, that, that there, should, there should be some relatively simple formula that defines him sufficiently so that um, we, you could formulate, we could formulate, I could formulate some kind of an offensive strategy to deal with someone like him. It's a hard thing to do. We keep going from event to event, looking for ways to simply react to this guy, and it's always a reactive mode situation with him. Always something more outrageous. Always we responding to his next outrageous move. Always people looking for some way to express outrage or, or some a statement to the effect of how could anyone possibly follow him? How could anyone imagine this person being... Things of that nature. And, and honestly, it's never a satisfying uh, kind of a definition. It's, it's simply a repetition of outrage that can be elicited at will by Donald because he seems to be beyond shame, beyond uh, any kind of control. He is simply uh, willing to do anything to anyone at any time to prove that A, he can get away with it, and B, to foster the image that if I can get away with it, what's the message, not the image, if I can get away with it, I am therefore your guy because no one but no one can stop me. It is in my strength, in my ability to outdo everyone, even if it is in being garish and ugly and mean and nasty. But the fact that I can keep doing it without being stopped in any significant way, it's this show of power that you need from me. This is the Donald Show. The Donald Show is a willingness to be as garish and outrageous and as obnoxious and as offensive as you can possibly imagine, and more than you can imagine, because that is A, entertaining above all else, and B, rabble-rousing, gut-stirring, uh, uh, grievance-stirring, grievance, 
you know, fomenting a, a way of developing a connection with his audience so that empathetically, in, in some symbiotic way, his outrageousness becomes the audience's outrageousness emotionally. They are able to react against those elements that they have been shown or taught are the things that are antithetical to them against all norms, against all rules, against all institutional restrictions, against all law, against all constitutional function. Letting it out constantly, 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 spilling one's guts freely and using Donald as the empathetic model for your own emotional state. That seems to be what this is all about. Linking oneself to Donald in a very, very emotionally visceral way to get part of the emotional thrill of what it is he does and go, yeah, great, boy, I wish I could. The words are never said in this, in this way, but geez, I wish I could be like Donald. That's, I, I, feel, I feel empowered by this. And the propriety of it, the functionality, the, the capacity of the country to function in any recognizable way like a Jeffersonian democracy as a result of this kind of behavior is absolutely secondary to the need for the Donald fix. The fix that lets you just get all of your emotions compressed and, and, and just strengthened and your fantasies fulfilled by this guy who can do anything to anyone and make sure that there is an enemy for you to feel enabled against simply by being linked to him emotionally. It's not unlike a, um, a club situation it's it's a very it's it's a very unified very intense experience i imagine on the part of people who are strongly influenced by donald and it's it's this need to feel an emotional an emotional center and an emotional surge some some kind of connection that is lacking in other parts of one's life. It is looking to Donald and his outrageousness as some kind of uh, an emotional reassurance of your own validity, of your own worth, that does not have to be limited in any particular legal or structural way by anything, anything around you. Nothing gets in the way, nothing limits, nothing can limit this, this fix that Donald provides that basically both on an emotional and on a on a communicative way in a in a in a narrative way says nothing can stop 
us. It, nothing can stop me and you by visceral linkage to me. Nothing can stop you. We are ahead of all this. Now, having said that, one has to ask, well, why would people need to feel this outrageous rush of power? Who would need to feel a, 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 a surge of empowerment, a, 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 a validation of grievance, and, and a permission to do anything to overcome it? Knowing that in doing so, if, if they understood that in doing so, you basically are invalidating or overruling any and all other legal and social norms. Nothing matters but getting that fix. I, I, now, I, I don't imagine that most Donald people think that deeply about the feeling. That's the whole point. It's a feeling. It's getting a feeling, getting a rush. But the significant thing about that rush, when you examine it, is that it is in lieu of any other socially and politically and legally sanctioned method of redress for the grievances that you are expressing. The rush, the feeling of defeating someone else, of, of, of holding it over someone else, of, Lord, of bypassing all of those ineffectual mechanisms like the courts, like the law, like the Constitution, like, like social norms of behavior, like, like, like adult behavior. The rush of doing that and, and lauding it over, pushing, doing something to harm or hurt or to, or to demean, to basically reducing yourself to middle school emotional contexts, that rush is more important and is specifically there in lieu of functioning within constitutionally defined norms of the country. Donald is living in a political environment. He is presenting a mechanism of behavior that challenges, totally challenges, all norms of constitutional and social behavior. I can do whatever I want. You will get the emotional benefit of that. Just simply stick with me, and it is a personal loyalty, and you must, must maintain it. Because once you lose, once you break your personal fealty to me, the emotional surge is gone, and you are out, and you are subject to whatever penalty I decide those on the outs are subject to. Your social, your social peers, your Donald-ish peers, may find ways of, of negating you as well. It's all part of this utter, complete worship of this guy, this, this, this cultism about Donald. Now, why would people, why would people do this knowing that what, that what you're doing essentially is 
in lieu of and in defiance of all laws, norms, and structures of the country? Why would people feel a need to do this? Well, it, well, it winds up that might be the wrong question. And, and I, and, and I uh, in, in order to work with that idea, why would you do this? Rather than try to answer that, in fact, forgetting the answer to that question, beginning, just, just simply take it as far as doing what people are doing with Donald as cult leader is bad for the country. The need to analyze it to the point of being able to, on a very granular level, describe either psychologically or physiologically or, or from, a, from, a, uh, from a, uh, uh, a mental health perspective, what it is people are doing and why you're doing it. That is, that is an endless and thankless task, but left to professionals who, who may wish to go in that direction. But the solution it winds up to the Donald conundrum is a lot more basic than, it does not require a complete and total comprehension of Donald, of Donald and his sycophants' relationship, that that is a rabbit hole, and and it was proven, I think, largely, or or it it, it was the the capacity to control him and the implications of it really were driven home for me by E. Jean Carroll. Uh, she is this woman who is now somewhere close to 80 years of age, uh, who was able to get Trump, uh, not convicted, it was not a criminal case, it was a, a civil case, uh, New York court civil case, that allowed people who were past the criminal statute of limitations um, for rape and, and sexual uh, assault uh, by uh, for to, it was a one-year window of opportunity that was signed by Governor Kathy Hochul in New York State that allowed people to basically come in and bring a civil assault charge against people like, well, it winds up from what Eugene Carroll said, what Donald Trump was and had done to her in a dressing room uh, at Bergdorf Goodman sometime in the 90s. Couldn't even get more specific than that. But there was contemporaneous information that was provided by her to people who knew her, etc. They were able to report on this. And frankly, a jury uh, was absolutely convinced that Donald had sexually assaulted her, if not raped her, but she had been sexually assaulted. And between the penalty, the basic, uh, what was asked, and I believe, I believe there was a, um, 
there was a mitigating, not mitigating, there, there was essentially uh, additional uh, charges against Trump that really created a, uh, a penalty uh, that brought the actual, uh, the punitive uh, and the total punitive and, 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 and base uh, charges against Trump uh, to $5 million. $5 million. And it was primarily based on a, uh, a, a, a assault on her personality. It was, it was based on essentially besmirching her. It was based on all manner of uh, salacious and, and, and false things said about her. Uh, it was uh, it was U.S. Times v. Sullivan all over again. It was essentially uh, uh, it was slander and 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 libel and everything else. And a jury bought it. Trump refused to show up, and got hit with both the basic fine and the uh, and the additional amount. And it came to five million dollars. Well, what did Trump do? within 24 hours of that jury award being made, within 24 hours. Well, he was at a, a CNN town hall somewhere in, I think, was it New Hampshire? A hand-picked group of people, all Republicans, basically. Uh, I, I, there's a whole separate story about why the hell CNN set this up this way. Uh, they had just fired Don Lemon. They needed to do something. Uh, people are still saying that they're trying to be some variant on Fox, but that doesn't seem to be working either. And they're not sure who they are. What? The, well, in any event, Trump has a town hall, and in this town hall, he goes ahead and does and, and once again replicates the identical behavior that got him uh, the $5 million verdict against him in the original E. Jean Carroll case. It, he, he acted as though it had never happened, as though... Nothing, so the court, so they, so they hit me for $5 billion. So big damn deal. I'm going to slander this woman again. I am going to besmirch her reputation. I am going to do whatever the hell I damn. Who cares about $5 million? Nothing, no court is going to tell me who I can slander or who I feel like knocking. I'm Donald. Yeah, go Donald say the sycophants, and just watching him do this. I, I wasn't around any one of them to hear them say that, but clearly this is the desired effect. It's go out and be even more outrageous. So, 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 so put this in context here. Understand this. You've, put yourself in the position of a Donald. You are a defendant in a civil case that basically, uh, as a result of a jury verdict, a unanimous jury verdict, nine, nine jurors in this situation, you are found to have sexually assaulted a woman, and you are found to have slandered her and basically consciously and willfully attempted to destroy her reputation and everything else along those lines. And for having done that, you are not only, uh, not only is a penalty, a fine assessed, but a penalty, a punitive damage is assessed 
that brought the penalty to $5 million. Having had that happen, losing, doing that, what would be your or my or, hello, any Republican out there, what would be your reaction to that? What would be a normal response to being slapped around like that? Yes, maybe you would appeal. You would attempt to appeal. That, that's, that's reasonable. But what would your behavior be towards the plaintiff in this situation, the person who brought the suit on you? Would you, would you reflexively begin attacking that same person again? Or would you, you know, back off while at least the appeal process is going on? Would you have some sense in your brain that if I were to go ahead and continue doing what I was accused of in the first place, and that produced the first punitive set of damages that took the fine to $5 million, I would not only be confirming the validity of my, well, it's guilt, well, it, it's, it's, it's responsibility, it's not criminal, it's civil, but I would be affirming the jury finding and basically undercutting any rationale for challenging that finding because I'm repeating the same language. What you, what I, what you would be doing, what any of us would be doing, were we, be, were we to be behaving like Donald would be saying, A, I really don't give a damn about the court system that found me guilty, I don't care about the $5 million. I don't care about how people or any other person normally should or might respond. I don't care about social norms. I don't care about perception within the media. I don't care about perception within Democratic or Republican or any other circles. All I care about is me doing whatever the hell I damn well please and my base going, yeah, Donald, you show them. That's all I care about. Nothing else matters. Nothing but nothing else matters. Now, having understood that, you, you or I can come, if, if we're on the other side of Donald, if we're, if we're against him, if we're, if we're trying somehow to get him under control, if we're trying to, quite frankly, defeat the guy, what, what does that behavior suggest? Well, we, we, have to, we have to formulate some notion of what it is we're trying to defeat. Is it an omnipotent being? Is it someone who, for whatever reason, is in fact above the law, above all norms, cannot be controlled, and basically because of that is perpetually restrengthened by the empathetic, sympathetic reaction that he is having with his base? Is, is this some kind of a of a, of a uh, you know, of, of a visceral force that we can't possibly deal with. It is something we've never recognized or imagined in our lives. And, and E. Jean Carroll and her attorneys, I'm sure, looked at all that and said, no, 
No, that's not what it is at all. What it is, and I, I, I don't know that they had this conversation in this way, but what they did next tells me that what they thought, what they realized was, all this is, is a little boy having a perpetual temper tantrum, living in a state of tantrum, and basically shocking everyone by his continual tantrums. But for all of the shock, it's still a little kid having a temper tantrum, in essence, saying, no, I won't, I don't have to, I will not eat my food, I will not do my homework, I will not go to bed, and challenging the parent, the teacher, the babysitter, anyone in control, any, any element of authority to make him do otherwise. And so far, well, for his whole life, but, but for his political life, for the seven years of his political life, no matter what has happened to him, no matter what he has done, no matter how outrageous, no matter how nuts, no matter how, how, how uh, abrasive, no matter how destructive, no matter how illegal, no matter how anti-normative, no matter how anti-constitutional, he keeps going. He can't be stopped. He, you know, again, we're, we're waiting. We're waiting for certain. Uh, we're waiting for the cases to come along. We're waiting for the indictments to be coming from Jack Smith. Uh, the the, the Mar-a-Lago case is is said to be all set to fly. Apparently, there have been more grand jury investig more grand jury testimony elicited in that case than everybody under the sun. The lawyers, Trump's lawyers have been forced to testify because the attorney-client privilege has been breached because judges have found, right up to the appellate level on the federal level, that essentially there was the likelihood of a criminal enterprise going on in which the attorneys were participating with Donald. Therefore, the attorney-client privilege the normal attorney-client privilege, in other words, the, the attorneys can never be compelled to speak about what their a, a, a client is doing, that is totally shot to hell here. And all of that information is there, and according to people who were former Trump attorneys, the case, from a federal point of view, is a slam-damned dunk. But you'd never know what you see. The point of Donald is never suggesting to anyone that he is subject to control, that anyone can either humiliate him or shame him or shut him up or do anything to stop him because so far, for seven years, no one has. So E. Jean Carroll and her attorneys did what you should do, what anyone should do, under the circumstances, they acted like the adults in the room. They said, oh, bad boy, Donald, you did this again immediately. We are not cowed and, oh my God, we are your caretakers. I, will, will somebody get this kid? I can't deal with this kid. This kid's out of control. I can't, ugh. 
that's it. I quit. Give me my back wages and I'm out of here. No. No, 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 no. No, we are the adults. Donald, you're being sued again. And this being New York State, what you just did at the CNN town hall on air after the verdict is absolutely slam dunk final information and evidence. You basically don't even have to take this one to court. It's silly how easily you've allowed this. But what you've also allowed, because of the precedent that was set with the punitive damages in the original suit, you have to realize that in New York State, you can set punitive damages as at a level that basically is punitive. In other words, the whole point of punitive damages is to basically stop somebody from doing what they did. Don't make, make them realize you can't do this again. Don't do it anymore. When someone has been hit with punitive damages and then goes ahead and virtually instantaneously repeats the identical behavior with the identical plaintiff, makes the identical offensive claims, does the identical level of demeaning and attempting, repeats just in perfect form what's going on. Clearly, the punitive damages assessed against Donald were not doing their job. It wasn't punitive enough. The theory being that if you hit someone with enough money damages, that it'll finally occur to them that they can't do it again. So in this new case, which is the simplest case in the world to bring against Donald for basically repeating and then, and of course piling on, doing even worse damage to E. Jean Carroll by his behavior at the, that New Hampshire town hall, the, the, her legal team will now be entitled to bring punitive damages that based on a reading of his financial records, and they can get that now in New York State, very easily it's there, they will be able to say to the court, the only thing that's gonna stop this guy is if he gets hit with a fine that basically is going to make him stop, that it's going to sting him. And if not, it's going to at least put a financial dent in him so that he will remember it. We have a right to do this. We have punitive damages in this state in order to get people's attention, not to repeat the same thing again. Will it be, well, it could be, if it was five million total the first time, will it be maybe, well, just double that, 10 million? No, it can be any number the court wants. And I am suggesting, I, 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 I will absolutely bet that the number that they will be going for in punitive damages will be a million, a, a minimum, a minimum of a billion dollars. Could be wrong, but I can't imagine it would be any less than that. The idea of punitive damages is to hurt the defendant in this case, 
to the point and to make them remember, make it financially painful enough to not do the same damned thing again. It's how you deal with a child. It's how you do. And when, when the defendant willfully and automatically, consciously, with full understanding, goes ahead and hatefully, just defiantly, does the same thing again, you come back and you're, if you're an adult, you go, okay. We have here, now we raise the ante. We don't go running away from you. We don't say we can't be in the same room with you. No, we raise the ante. And here, I am betting, you will see this at some point when the paperwork becomes evident. I don't know that it's actually in the paperwork. A lot of times in cases like this, it'll say punitive damages as the court may deem appropriate, but... And whatever, you know, words to that effect. But there may be a number in there, and I haven't heard about this yet. But when that number is known, I would be exceedingly surprised if it were anything less than a billion dollars. Because when you water Donald down, you will find out that he's probably not worth a hell of a lot more than that that the claims of 10 billion and everything else are all like everything else about Donald, smoke and mirrors, and a billion dollars out of his pocket directly would hurt him. Now, in the Mar-a-Lago case and other cases involving Donald right now, there's the possibility of a recall, of a clawing back of the quarter of a billion dollars that he took from people with the assurance that he was basically going to use that quarter billion, this is right after January 6th, for defendants and for his own, and for defense of people who basically had been convicted uh, or would be convicted in nine, in, 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 as a result of January 6th. The money is sitting in his coffers. There is a very strong likelihood that that money will be clawed back and that there will be extreme penalties placed on him for that. There is the likelihood of a billion dollars being clawed back in penalties, in, in punitive damages in the new E. Jean Carroll case. Yes, that one's going to take a while to go through the courts. But then there is the Mar-a-Lago case. And we haven't even gotten, we haven't even gotten to the Fannie, uh, to the Fannie Willis case from, from, from Georgia, the, uh, the, the perfect phone call, as Donald called it. Again, just it, to defy everybody and everything. It was perfect. It was perfectly illegal. But it's perfect, says Donald, so you can't do a damn thing about it. Of course, it's a total lie. That's insanity. But it's what his base wants to hear. This is what the little kid does. It's what a child does when they are out of control and no one seems to be able to control them and they keep raising the ante. But if there is an adult in the room with some level of authority, you simply reassert and raise the level of assertion of your authority against the child as the child keeps getting more and more out of control. It is a battle of wills, 
and the adult must show the child that the adult is holding most of the cards, that at some point the child basically is going to run out of options for defiance. And if the child doesn't, then it has to be elevated to a different level of authority. That's when the courts will, if Donald continues on this path, then there must be interventions of a sort that would be even extreme in this situation. Donald is basically setting the groundwork for an automatic jail sentence for his first major criminal conviction. I'm not, including, I'm not including the Alvin Bragg situation here. I am saying that his behavior and his history of striking back is virtually going to be forcing the court to put him in an incarceration situation in order to stop him from basically defying, denying, and, and you, you must assume, we're going to have to assume, that when the convictions come, and they will, he will refuse to accept the validity of those convictions. He will refuse, or, or maybe, maybe he will become, maybe he will be that little kid who at that point will finally go, oh my God, this is more than I can handle. I think I'll back off. He might get to that point. Or he might not. In which case, the level of penalty, criminal penalty, will have to be that much stronger until it finally gets, until basically his capacity to create the damage that he has created gets basically negated. Donald can't beat all of society. Donald can't, if it's Donald versus the Constitution, and it is right now, the Constitution can and must win. And you can have all of the yelling and screaming and how dare you isms coming out of his people. You can say, how dare you stop my, my, my Donald, my, my hate monger, my grievance elevator. How dare you take him out of my life? How? The answer is simple. Do what he has done and the same would happen to you only much quicker. This will be an object lesson. But we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a revolution. We're gonna we're gonna have a, a, a civil war. We're gonna, yeah, okay. Okay. You wanna do that? Sure, take a crack at it. See how far that goes. See who wins that one. See what you're willing to do before you wind up in jail or at the wrong end of a, of, a, of a high caliber bullet, if you want to take it to that level. Do you really want to go that route in order to play out your fantasies, in order to have this, this, this perverse Peter Pan basically lead you into the depths of, of, of nothingness? 
How far do you want to play this game? Because you're not going to win. You will not be able to take over the country and the Constitution. It's not going to happen. Donald will not be president again. He will not be able to conduct either a campaign or a presidency from a prison cell. Why do you think all of these new Republican challengers are suddenly jumping into the race? Because they know this. They know that Donald is on the verge of self-imploding. They know where this is going. All the talk and everything else is going to come to a screeching halt with the first indictment and conviction. And they know that someone other than Donald will be in the Republican driver's seat. It will simply become a matter of necessity. Everybody's, everybody's backing off and not attacking Donald too much, doesn't want to upset the base too much, but the base will be in the same damned position as everyone else in the country. The Donald show will be off the air, and someone else will have to be uh, in the position of authority, and whether the base likes it or not, some group of Americans, the base and other Republicans, are going to vote are going to vote for an alternate Republican. It's that simple. This is what adults need to do and how they're going to deal with him. Now, it may mean that no matter who they put in there right now, the Republicans will win, will lose the presidency for at least the next ten years. That may very well be the case. They will not realign themselves with the interests of the American people and will still be that burdened by the crap that Donald has, has sunk into them for at least 10 more years before maybe there can be a rebalancing of party structure. There, there has to be. But it begins with a very simple process. Mentally, for purposes of... of, of people in our, the, the majority, for the two-thirds of the country that seems to have some, some, some mental acuity and some capacity to be rational about this guy. See him as a little boy out of control. Think in terms of what do you do with a kid who is literally completely out of control? How far do you have to go? Do you get to the point where you surrender to the child? Some adults do. His friends and pals who might be benefiting from him basically want him to keep going. It's, it's a way of basically, uh, you know, watching, the, being around the artful dodger and, being, and, and feeling empowered by him. But the adults in the room, and everybody expects there to be adults in the room, get to act like adults. That's, that's what's playing out here. Simply think like an adult, dealing with a completely out-of-control child. And you will basically find yourself coming up with reasonable mechanisms, reasonable ways to deal with this guy. This is what... E. Carroll's people, her attorneys, and, and her, obviously, decided to do. Okay, you are, you are out of control. You've just done 
the same thing again. Now we raise the ante on you. You're a bad boy. You're a bad child. You will now suffer more consequences. It'll take some time. But you will recognize that basically there are more consequences here. And for as much as your, your uh, sycophants and as much as, as, your, as your audience may be enjoying it, your base, whatever you want to call them, as much as they may love the Donald show and want to see it stuck to the libs, at some point, the realization will set in that, might wait, wait, dear God, I mean, th th this guy has no, even I wouldn't go that far. There is a limit. You can't take the whole Constitution apart because that's where Donald's going. That's the only place for him to go right now. Take it all apart. Oh, if I'm elected, if I'm, then when I'm in office, I will, I will pardon every single one of the January 6th people. No. That's, that's not going to happen. You can't do that. It's a threat. It's wonderful. It, 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 yeehaw! Go, go his supporters. But it's not going to happen in the real world. No. No, it's not going to happen. You can't defy everything that much forever. And be in you can't be in charge of the thing that you wish to destroy. And it's becoming more and more apparent. Because the only reason that Donald wants to be president is that that is where the power is. Even in, if in his warped way of seeing things, it's the power to destroy the very institutions that he's supposed to be protecting. But it's power. I will pervert it. I'll use it any way I can, provided the adults don't stop me. Well, the adults will stop him. It's coming very close to that time. And whether his followers understand it or not at this moment, they will before the summer is out. Right now we have indications that the, the, the uh, Atlanta indictments will be coming in early August. There are indications that Jack Smith, at least on the Mar-a-Lago case, could be bringing down charges as soon as June or July. And then it all begins to collapse on the guy because now he's forced to show up in court. Now he has to sit there as he is basically a vis... He can be... Well, he may not be forced to testify, but it'll be, the cases will be laid out with excruciating precision. His attorney's incapacity to defend him in any reasonable way will be, will be glaringly obvious to the country and the world. And this kid that could get away with everything, the, te the ultimate Teflon Don, will be shown to be nothing but a crazy kid who had no off switch and who basically uh, may have to be in uh, juvenile detention for some significant period of time. Chances are there's no chance of him, you know, I mean, he's not going to outgrow it. And the, and the prison sentences, the, the amount of time that would be associated with the, uh, with the espionage and with the, and with the documents and with, the, uh, with he, what he did in Atlanta, that, that state time, he could easily be in prison for uh, 25, 30, well, well beyond uh, what would be his, life, his normal life expectation. He could end his life in prison at this stage. 
And that's going to become apparent very shortly. Maybe it is apparent to him now, but he doesn't know what else to do. And it's going to be, a, uh, it's going to be an object lesson to the country that we, could, that we could allow ourselves to be swayed and we could be entertained. And that's, I, that's what I want to get to, on the, that we can allow ourselves in the name of entertainment, in the name of social media uh, titillation, allow this guy to simply do what he's done and to basically have sway over that many Americans unchecked until until all the shoes start to drop at once. It's coming. I, I, I'm, I'm, as surely as you're listening to me right now, that moment is coming. No, he's not going to get away with it forever. No, it's coming. It's coming very soon. And this bravura and all of this, uh, he's untouchable and all of the, uh, and all of the super fist pumping and yeah, go ahead, get him, Donald, sick it to the libs and all of that will begin to dissipate rapidly because Donald's not going to be there to give pardons to the January 6 people. Donald's not going to be there in the White House to get even with everybody and everything forever. Donald is not going to be seen or heard because the system is still there and the system will work. And it will work with a remarkable amount of efficiency once these trials begin. And the conclusions and the, and the penalties, the penalty phases, will be commensurate with what the crimes are that Donald has committed. Invariably. There can be no effort to soft-pedal it or make it nicer for him. I would argue that his defiance and defiling of the office of the presidency should make it even more harsh. But let's just make it commensurate with the horror of the crimes and the number of them that he has openly committed in the belief that I am Peter Pan from hell and can get away with anything I damn well please. He can't and he won't. E. Jean Carroll is perhaps the first evidence of how that is working. And hers is the most benign of the ultimate damages, of, of the, the most benign version of the pain that he's going to have to suffer going forward. And the rest of it will come in very, very short sequence. Be an adult. Do not be uh, ripped up inside by Donald. Do not be afraid of what he does. Do not, be, do not be in fear of the country falling apart because of... No. Just remember you're an adult and he is Peter Pan from hell. That's all you have to remember. Keep that imagery in your mind. You'll sleep better. And amazingly, you'll watch how it all plays out in just a few weeks, just a few weeks, 
Be patient. Be American. Be proud of our country. And do it with a little jazz. This is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. 
Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to Center Left Radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Think of it this way. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can on a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make Center Left Radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident and as we seek to hold the House Democrats accountable for the promises they made to the American people during the last election. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Center Left Radio, thank you. You've been listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. It's getting to the point where supporting Donald will become more and more difficult because basically what he is is a juvenile delinquent who basically is the craziest kid in school. But the point is coming very, very rapidly where that appeal, the appeal to whomever loves the craziest kid will begin to lessen and more and more people are there to take his place.